Welcome to the Your K-12 Fundraising Coach Podcast, your weekly mini masterclass designed to give you the tools to crush your fundraising goals with less stress. I'm your host, Kim Jennings, a veteran faith-based school frontline fundraiser and certified fundraising executive, a consultant, trainer, coach, and passionate ally for leaders and future leaders serving in Christian schools across the U.S. After nearly two decades in the industry, I'm here to bring you insightful conversations with great leaders and to share with you what I've learned and continue to learn from my failures and successes. If you're a Christian school leader looking for tested strategies to banish the tyranny of the urgent and to raise more money within a stronger, thriving team and grow your school's culture of generosity, you're in the right place. Welcome to the Your K-12 Fundraising Coach Podcast. Annual giving is something I love. My very first official fundraising job that I took after moving from public relations into fundraising was in annual giving. And I love it. I love the community aspect of it. I love the communication aspect of it. I love that it is a sense of shared purpose. Everything, everyone is in it all together. It is such an important foundation for every single thing that we do in our institutions. Without communication, however, annual giving and really capital campaigns and anything else that we hope to do without solid communication about the need for gifts, but also perhaps even more importantly, the impact of gifts without that communication, then we are really working 10 times harder than we need to be. And in fact, we are not nearly as successful as we can be. So today I want to talk about how we can use communication, harness the power of communication to accelerate our annual giving results in particular. But before I jump into that part, I want to back up a little bit and and start with a reflection on the philosophy of why it is that we do our work as fundraisers in God's kingdom, in particular, serving as Christian fundraisers. Let's talk about that why. As fundraisers for Christian organizations, we're called to a higher purpose than just meeting the fundraising goal. We are called to ministry. The purpose of the work that we do is ministry. There's a great book by Henry Nowen called A Spirituality of Fundraising, which I highly recommend. I'll put a link in the show notes for it. And it talks a lot about this ministry of fundraising. One of the quotes I want to pull out for you is, says this, quote, When fundraising as ministry calls people together in communion with God and with one another, it must hold out the real possibility of friendship and community. People have such a need for friendship and for community that fundraising has to be community building, unquote. This, in a nutshell, is exactly what I'm saying about school fundraising and Christian schools. This is what we're doing. We have to be about community building. We talk a lot about this in other episodes, so I'm not going to dive into that. But I want to focus on the fact that we ourselves are in ministry and we ourselves are also on our own journey of generosity where we feel ourselves about our resources that the Lord has given us and how we view our stewardship of those resources. That is a journey of generosity. And we understand that others are also on their own journey of generosity. If we're fundraising in K-12 schools, especially on the younger end, 
the folks who are in our schools, especially parents, are beginning that generosity journey a lot of the time. And we need to understand our role in ministering to them, providing opportunities for them to understand the role of fundraising, understand the role of friendship and community within fundraising. And the fact that fundraising is a necessary aspect of the community that we're in. It all goes together. That sense of shared purpose is particularly important, I think, in K-12 schools where we are bonded together by our children. So this is a unique and special opportunity for us as fundraisers in this environment. Let's foster that. Let's really lean into fundraising as ministry and grow people in their journey of generosity And because everyone is on that journey, their own journey, and because we are all in community together, it's important that we are asking everyone to be along that journey, not just the major donors, not just the people who are the quote-unquote insiders. It should be about everybody because everybody there is God's people. Everybody has been given God's resources, and so we're all working together to make possible God's work. Another quote from Henry Nouwen um, that I wanted to bring out is, quote, asking people for money is giving them the opportunity to put their resources at the disposal of the kingdom. To raise funds is to offer people the chance to invest what they have in the work of God. Whether they have much or little is not as important as the possibility of making their money available to God. When Jesus fed 5,000 people with only five loaves of bread and two fish, he was showing us how God's love can multiply the effects of our generosity, unquote. This is what I'm saying when I talk about community and fundraising within the community. All of us together, coming together, God's love can multiply the effects of our generosity. And so I believe as fundraisers in Christian schools, it's important that we are approaching our work from the posture of the fact that whether they have much or little is not as important as the possibility of making their money available to God. In addition to that, data supports the concept of community and communication to produce excellence in our fundraising results. If you look at research and organizations that do this very well, they lean into the concept of community and by extension, have strong communication, they have the strongest results. One of my favorite books or resources for fundraisers is Donor-Centered Fundraising, which was written by Penelope Burke. And what she offers in this book is tons and tons of amazing data-driven information, all research where she has interviewed thousands of donors to understand their hearts and minds and what they why they give and what they want in response to these gifts. One of the things that Penelope Burke talks about is there shouldn't be a threshold for receiving the word of the impact of the gifts. I fear that at times, because we are so short-staffed or short-handed, um, we have short on resources, short on time, all these things, that we make decisions without thinking through the ramifications of them necessarily. So at times we think about, let's do a donor newsletter, or we're going to talk about the impact of giving or an annual report. 
And we create those and we send them out either to uh, people who are over a certain amount of giving or we only send them to donors. In a Christian school, in any school really, I believe that we have to share the impact of giving across the institution, not just to givers, for a variety of reasons. One of the things that Penelope Burke talks about in her book is this quote, offering meaningful information only to donors who give generously keeps donor attrition high, gift values low, and makes fundraising unnecessarily expensive, unquote. What she's saying here is the data bears it out that if we're only sharing impact with people at a certain threshold, we're actually hurting ourselves because it means that folks who give under that threshold, their donor attrition is going to drop off more because they've not heard about the impact of their gifts. People who could be giving much more, they choose maybe not to because they don't understand the value of their gift and the impact of their gift. And because we are constantly on this treadmill of trying to acquire more donors to fill the leaky bucket, that makes our work more expensive. There shouldn't be a threshold for receiving that word of impact. It shouldn't be a threshold for feeling a part of that community. In my mind, there shouldn't be some sort of barrier to feeling that sense of shared purpose, especially in a K-12 school. I think we all should understand why the gifts are important and how our gift in particular made a difference. I think that's really important. So that's a little bit about of my feelings about why it is that we, as fundraisers in Christian schools, are doing what we're doing. We are in ministry. We're walking arm in arm with people serving the Lord and hopefully dedicating our resources to serving the Lord. And so this is an opportunity for ministry. And with that in mind, and with communicating impact with everyone in mind, I want to share with you an idea, something that I've done, something that I have helped clients do, and I think that this can potentially help you in communicating impact of gift in an easy way with your entire community without a lot of expense and a lot of ongoing effort. If we take the time to set up systems to set up strategies and then just implement those systems, then we can demonstrate impact again and again and reap the benefits long-term with our community. But before we jump into that, I do wanna take one quick second to go over a concept that I developed and I talk about it on my website because before we can decide how we're gonna talk to somebody, we need to know who it is that we're talking to. I developed this concept of the stages of parent tenure. Those five stages of parent tenure are rookie, starter, all-star, veteran, and retiree. Understanding who it is that we're talking to in our community, in particular parents in this instance, but certainly true for grandparents and alumni parents and alumni, for example, but understanding who they are, where they're coming from, how they want to be communicated with, how they understand our shared world together those things are really important for us to develop appropriate messaging. And we want to demonstrate empathy while we are preparing that messaging. So for example, talking to new parents, our rookies, is radically different than the way we would talk to our retirees, our alumni parents. They have different needs, different hearts, different relationships with their children. They have different relationships with our school. One may be completely over. Their relationship with our school is very much at a distance. Whereas new parents, they're just beginning. So understanding who it is that we're talking to is a really important piece. 
For example, I'll just dive in for a second on our rookies. Our rookies are the folks that are in their first year, maybe two years at the most, and they have unique needs. They are overwhelmed with being new to the school. They need crystal clear communication that doesn't make assumptions about what they know because chances are they have zero context or very little context for what it is that we're telling them. They need us to reach out to them. We need to stop assuming that just saying, hey, come to me if you have anything, if you have any questions. Don't make them come to us. We want to reach out to them and draw them in. And they need us to establish what's quote-unquote normal for parents at the school. So normal is we want you to volunteer, give to the annual fund, come to events, these kinds of things that are quote-unquote normal. They need us to establish those things for them. They need us to establish culture with them right from the start. And they want us, in fact, to do this. They want us to set those expectations. Now. On a side note, why does all of this really matter? Why does this concept actually matter? Because between all the folks that are matriculating and between all the folks that are graduating, our school community is always turning over. Our school is replaced. Our entire like parent community is basically replaced every certain number of years, depending on how many years you have at your school. That means that we have the opportunity to grow culture right from the start with our families. Because it's always turning over, our culture is fluid. We can change culture, grow culture. We can accelerate that generosity and get stronger fundraising results. I always talk about this turning the tanker kind of concept, that if you have a tanker that's going through a channel, and it needs to make a turn in order to avoid running into the side, goes bit by bit, little turns. So this is what I'm saying. In order to change the culture, which is a huge entity within our school, that can be done bit by bit. We turn the tanker. So if we have a strategic focus on our messaging and constant communication to our community, then we can turn that tanker. This episode is sponsored by my digital course, Onboarding New Parents with Purpose, a proven plan for increasing generosity. I created this course especially for directors of development and school leaders who are looking to create a sustainable pipeline of generous givers in their school. I created it after person after person talked to me about how they wanted a culture of generosity, but weren't really sure how to get it. And so I created this course based on the methods that I used and continue to use with my clients that will help you, in fact, create that sustainable pipeline of solid, generous givers year after year to your school. The methods that I teach in this course will work in any school environment, in every size school, because they're based on human behavior and community. Learn more and sign up for my digital course, Onboarding New Parents with Purpose, a proven plan for increasing generosity at kimtjennings.com slash culture of generosity. So let's return back to what it is that I wanted to describe to you today. And that is how are we going to communicate impact in a regular way that is doable despite being very busy? We recognize that it's important that we do it in our school because it 
not only helps us to retain donors, helps us to describe the impact, but it also educates all the folks who are new to our school, all those matriculation people. It also educates people who have chosen not to give, educates everyone on why those gifts matter. And then we are more likely to acquire those donors in the long run. Here's what I want you to think about doing. Let's aim to communicate to the entire community every other month by email one simple piece that conveys the impact of gifts to the school. Let me describe to you a way that you can do this in just a few, really frankly, a few short hours, but it's going to take some time over a couple of days. We're going to plan ahead. Walk with me through this. On your first day, let's look at the things that are happening in your school over the next six to 12 months. And let's chart out those, you know, six times during that next 12 months that will align with some messaging opportunities and, you know, trying to target the different parent stages across those pieces. So for example, you might have one that's related to graduation, which clearly aligns with the veterans or senior parents, but also it aligns with the retirees who may remember fondly their time when their child graduated. Another time, another messaging opportunity is probably going to be in the fall when you have perhaps convocation or a first chapel or some other particularly impactful moment related to the spiritual development of your school. That's another important time for messaging that you could build upon. So sit down and proactively create the content for at least the first three of those six things that you've charted out. On your first day here, you've charted out the six things so you know what you're gonna do ahead. Do the first three right now, create the content for the first three. Create a version that is related to donors saying thank you very much for your support and this is how you have helped make an impact and a second version for non-donors. After you've created the content for these first three things, Gather then into a folder, you know, electronic folder or whatever, your photos that would work to support each of these three topics and make a list of what you still need that you might need to ask your colleagues to help you secure. So if it's related to a particular program at school, whatever it is you might need from your colleagues across the school. So that's day one. During day two, you're going to create a very, very simple template that you put in your email system. So Constant Contact or Blackboard or whatever your system is, create that template. In the template, there's going to be a header, a body, a call to action, and a footer. Okay, and I'll go into that in a second. But this is a very simple template that you can use again and again. After you've created the template, drop in the content for your first three communications. You've already gathered that information those pictures and so forth, proactively create those first three communications and then schedule them. Schedule them to go out. Make sure that when you schedule them, that you create those lists using live data, dynamic queries, things like that, so that you know your donor and non-donor information is fully up to date. Okay. So day two, you created the templates that you're going to reuse again and again, and then you've actually dropped in the content for the first three and you've scheduled them to go out. Now, three months later, you do the same process again for the last three, okay? Create the content, 
drop them in, schedule them. And now what you've done is create a clear communication about the impact of gifts to your entire community. It thanks and stewards the folks who gave. It helps to educate the folks who didn't. And it's done every other month. For You have a solid year's worth of communication that goes out. And if you create them based on things that are already happening in your community that are easily demonstrating the impacts of gifts, then you are continuing to solidify why it is that they're supporting the mission. And then you can also create that evergreen content because those things happen again and again. I will go back in a little bit and describe a little bit more in detail about what the communication piece might look like and some potential wording. But let me give you a couple of examples first about what I'm talking about. One of the communication pieces, for example, could be related to a school retreat. Okay, every fall or every spring, you know, your school goes on a retreat or grades go on a retreat. And this is an opportunity to highlight spiritual development. Now, note that I'm talking about spiritual development, not the retreat. So the retreat is a manifestation of the way that our school approaches spiritual development. And you're going to talk about the fact that giving to the annual fund, especially if you have a gap kind of fund and it supports operating, giving to the annual fund supports the spiritual development of your kids, which is a part of this very strategic discipleship of our students. So if you're following my thinking here, spiritual development is a key component of why they come to our school and going on this retreat is a manifestation of all that, okay? So one of your fall impact communication pieces could focus on either a couple of quotes, a quick video, or some photos, things like that, that talk about why it is that spiritual development is important to you and the fact that the retreat is an important piece of that spiritual development and intentional discipleship and that gifts to the school make that possible. And while you might be tempted to give a laundry list kind of thing or some bullet points to show what the gifts specifically did, I encourage you to think carefully about how you approach that because we are always wanting to encourage giving to the mission and not giving to targeted, very specific projects and items and things. While restricted gifts are important in many instances, what we're talking about here is annual fund. And I believe it is really important that we are exercising those unrestricted muscles and growing up giving to mission. What's another example? I think in many ways, it's really easy to create one related to graduation. And it's important to send it out to the entire community so that everybody can celebrate basically the outcome of what we're here for, which is education. What does this one look like? It could celebrate not only the breadth of the schools that your kids are getting into, the next step, whatever that next step is, And that's an important piece because obviously parents are investing in their kids' education, so they want to know their kids are getting into good schools. But also celebrating the accomplishments of the kids in many different ways. We can focus on character. We can focus on awards. We can focus on academics. We can focus on 
friendships. We can talk about changed lives. We can talk about decisions for ministry. We can talk about gracious. I mean, so many different aspects of outcomes that we're looking to do in our schools. We could also talk about, you know, I've seen a school, I love this, where a school talks about the accomplishments of their kids who have already left. So they're looking at the accomplishments of their their young alumni. If you can tie directly back their success in that next level and tie that back to the foundation they received at your school, that is something to celebrate. And it's an impact of giving, always tying it back to the fact that the gifts to the annual fund make all of these kinds of things possible. And when we're talking about that messaging, we want to really just lean into that sense of shared purpose, that community aspect that I was talking about earlier, that building up a friendship and community, leaning into we do this together, our gifts together make this kind of thing possible, being really focused on the mission the impact on the mission and not the impact on a project or the impact on a very specific outcome, but drawing up our eye to the mission, spiritual development, leaders of tomorrow, kindness, empathy, strong character, all of these things that are higher level that our school is making possible. These are the things that we want to talk about giving, making possible not necessarily the giving making possible the project. I hope I'm making sense here. The project is a manifestation of the higher level thing. And that's where we want to continually draw their eye to is that their giving makes the mission possible. The other thing about our messaging, let's remember segmenting by donor and non-donor because folks who gave, and if we're not actually speaking to them in a way that lets them know that we know they gave, we saw that they gave, then that holds them at arm's length and they recognize that and they feel that. So it's important, if possible, whenever possible, to segment by donors and non-donors so that you can say directly to the folks who already gave, thank you for your gift. This is what you help make possible. These are your gifts at work. And non-donors saying it in ways that say, the gifts of our community coming together make this possible. This is our community's gifts at work. We all come together to make this kind of thing possible. Now, I want to say, importantly, right here, and I hope you're listening. If you're multitasking, come back to me. It's important that we do not have an ask in these communications. These are stewardship and cultivation tools, not an ask. I know you'll be tempted to do it. We all are, but don't put a button there at the bottom that says give now or any of that kind of stuff. In the footer, you can include a lit, I would encourage you to include a link to your giving page that says learn more, but resist the temptation to add that give button to the communication because then it's going to negate the stewardship property. And then it's just an ask. Okay, it might be a really beautifully written ask, but it's still an ask at that point. So we want to pour into them first. Let's take a second now to go back to the nuts and bolts of how to create these things, the header and all those pieces. The header itself should look a little different. 
It should be related to giving. It should not be a standard school header. It should look very different from the typical things that they're getting. So you could create something like, I have one client, we created one that said, your gifts at work. Of course, keep it in your branding, but it's important that it looks differently than a typical, say, a school newsletter or something so that it differentiates. And they begin to understand what it is they're seeing after time. We're going to communicate this again and again and begin to build up this muscle in our parents. Then you have the body of the information, embed video, embed photos, things like that. The call to action, there should always be a call to action. As I've already stated, and I can't emphasize this enough, that call to action for these things that I'm talking about is not a call to give. But there can, and I think should be, always some sort of ask. Learn more. Sign up. Read more. It could be join us so that it goes to like buying tickets to the school play or something to that effect. If you're talking about the impact of giving on arts as an example. So there is a call to action, but it is not to give. Then in the footer, you can include, as I mentioned, a link to the giving page. And I think that's important, but always also include your contact information, your email, your phone number, encourage them to text you. I think it's important that if they have any questions at all, they can contact you. Don't make them hunt for how to reach out to you. Returning for a second to the word video, I want to dive into that for a second. What I'm talking about in this communication method is not fancy, slick, edited videos. Now, obviously you can edit whatever you want, but what I'm really talking about here is organic, authentic stuff. It can be video straight from your phone. One time I made a video where a teacher, this beloved teacher, I videoed her talking about the impact of giving on our school's co-curriculars. And I recorded her talking about that and thanking everybody while she was in the co-curricular fair. So it's all the activity, everything going on around behind her. There's kids everywhere. There's activity. It's clearly just a really exciting time. And she's literally embodying the fact that gifts make possible all these co-curriculars. That's what I'm talking about. It was very, very simple video of her talking. I don't think I even made any edits to it at all. I think it just maybe trimmed it and sent it out. It was very organic. And I think that that's important. You don't want to have these big slick videos because A, they're going to hold you up because you're going to like try to edit it, try to script it, add the music, all these things, which is totally fine to do. But what I'm saying here is that's not needed for these communications. It's going to hold you up. And what we're talking about here is quick, strong impact communication every other month. And you want to make it simple so you'll actually do it. Make it an easy system so you'll actually do it. It's okay if it's something that has already been used in the newsfeed. For example, don't recreate the wheel if there's a great story on the newsfeed about a particular award and that is in your fine arts, then drop in a communication piece, impact of giving, giving makes possible our incredible fine arts program. And we won this award and these are your gifts at work. We are 
pouring into the leaders of tomorrow who will value the arts and can communicate well with one another because they have participated in this amazing arts program. And then link, this is your call to action. The call to action is learn more and it goes to that newsfeed. Don't recreate the wheel. Let them give all the details of the awards and the backstory on the awards. You don't have to do that in your communication. You just give the highlights and tie the giving to it. Let this story on the newsfeed do the other stuff. This is what I'm saying about repurposing the stuff that's already there. And the last thing I want to mention about the formatting is that I'm not advocating for you to create a whole newsletter with a bunch of different things. If you're already doing that, that is fantastic. I encourage you to keep doing it. If it's effective, double check, by the way, that it's effective. But that's a side note. But if you are not doing a newsletter, I'm not advocating that you do start one. I'm saying just do a very simple method of systematizing every other month a communication that goes out. Day one, make your full plan and come up with your first three. Day two, create your template, drop them in, start your files. And then a couple of months later, drop in your next three. And then the next year, rinse and repeat, update as needed. Then this way you have communicated six times a year to the entire community why giving and why the gifts matter and the difference that they're making. So to wrap all this up, what we're doing here is ministry. In the work that we do as fundraisers, we are in ministry to our fellow Christians, people in our Christian schools who are on their own journey of generosity. We want to meet them where they are, growing in friendship and community, and that fundraising should always be an element that pours into and edifies friendship and community. We want to meet our community members with empathy where they currently are. So understanding the stage they're in and what they need to hear from us and how they need to hear it for it to make an impact. We want to give every opportunity possible for that sense of shared purpose, continually sharing the impact of mission-driven gifts, always talking about our gifts in context of the mission and how they make possible the mission. We're leaning into our community to accelerate the generosity in our annual giving. And when we do all of that in turn, it's going to create the kind of culture of generosity. It's going to create that environment and that strong, sustainable pipeline for major gifts and ultimately for campaign gifts as well. That's why communicating impact sounds so elementary, but in fact, it is absolutely foundational and really critical. But it's something I find many schools don't make the time to do. So I encourage you today to take some time, set aside, carve out those couple of hours to set your systems in place. And then you don't have to recreate the wheel every time. Set yourself up for success by creating these systems now, and then you just automate. I know you'll see an impact in accelerating that generosity in your school. I know that it will begin to turn that tanker. I've seen it happen, and I know it can happen for you. Thanks so much for joining me. If you have any questions at all about anything I've said in today's episode, of course, reach out. Use the contact information down in the show notes. I'd be happy to answer any questions you have. Thanks for joining me, and I'll see you next time. 
Hey there, friends. If you have been enjoying my podcast, please, could you do me a huge favor that I would so greatly appreciate? I need your rating and your reviews. There are tons of folks out there who are serving Christian schools just like you, and they're looking for resources. They're looking for coaching. They're looking for encouragement, and they can't find me without some help to show them the way. Your rating and reviews help them find me, and I would be so grateful if you could just take a minute and rate and review. Let me know how my podcast has helped you or what's an idea that you have found useful or insightful. Is there a way that you were personally encouraged by an episode? I would love to hear all those things. Thanks so much in advance for helping me out, for rating and reviewing my podcast. I would be so grateful for that. I appreciate you.